The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hi, my name is Lawrence Brooks, and you're listening to the Hoop Ball Mavericks podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my betting tips. I always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Brady or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie rep is rock solid, and they got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sports book guaranteed to give me the best lines for Tuesday night basketball, Thursday night, and everything in between. And you know me, I don't give my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there. Period. It's simple. Sign up in a promo code HoopBall and get your deposit matched way up, halfway up to a thousand bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Again, my name is Lawrence Brooks. Thank you all for joining me again on the Hoop Ball Mavericks podcast. And I didn't expect this. <laughs> Pardon me. I must say I did not expect to be talking to you guys. And we're up 2-0. I thought that it would be 1-1. And I thought we'd be heading back to Dallas. But it's even better. We got a 2-0 lead. And boy, is there a lot to this 2-0 lead. Well, first, let me say this. There has been little room for error, and they have the Mavericks have played very, very well during these two games, like above above what everyone expected type well. So let me just say that because I did not expect for them to shoot over fifty percent from three. Luca's over forty two percent right now. They're just they're they're operating at such a high level. And Rick Carlisle is coaching at a very high level. But with that being said, let's just t- let's talk about the way. Because first of all, Luca, like we can't go any further without mentioning how outstanding Luca Doncic is playing. Last night he was 16 for 29, 39 points, seven assists, seven rebounds, one block. He did have seven turnovers. That's not good, but he played so well, and there's he's playing so well, he's actually playing Zubak off the court. Like, he's playing him to the point to where he won't even be able to be a factor in this series. Like, think about that. You, you play a guy to the point, you're dominating to the point to where you're eliminating one of, a, one of the opposing teams top players that they want to play at as much as possible. I mean, he was playing around 25 minutes, I want to say, in last year's series. This year, he's playing around 20. And that number might get lower the more they start to see unsuccessful opportunities for Zubak on Luka Doncic. Because they they started... So, they were trying to... They tried to do what they did a little bit of last year, which is to play... Um, which is the play Luca, where Zubak is playing in drop coverage and el- eliminating him getting to the rim, forcing long jump shots or three-pointers. And Luca did a lot of that last year. Like, it was either a three or he was going to the basket. 
But the thing about it this year, and I apologize, I don't know why I'm getting so many text messages right when I start the podcast. This is so weird. I'll try to cut this notification off. But anyway, pardon me. As we, as I was saying, with Luca, now he's now he's making mid-range jump shots, and it's making it extremely difficult for them to keep Zubak on the court, and it's making it extremely difficult for them to to guard him. And so they've tr- they've literally tried everything. So they tried trapping, that hasn't worked. They've tried switching, that hasn't worked. They've tried they've tried to get the ball out of his hands which hasn't worked as well because the supporting cast is also playing great. I mean, you're getting great games from Jalen Brunson. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith did not have his best game yesterday, but he was due for a dud after he's been he's been on fire as well. Tim Hardaway Jr. has clearly been the Mavericks' second-best player. I mean, I don't know how they don't pay him this offseason. That, that should be on the way no matter what. He was 9 of 14, 6 of 8 from 3. He only made four of eight free throws, which is the only bad part, but he was a plus 13 in the plus minus category. Ended with 28 points, five assists, one steal. And when everything is clicking like that, it makes it very, very difficult to defend the Mavericks or, I mean, for any team to defend them right now. They're just operating at a really high level. But again, with all that being said, they've only won both games by a combined 16 points. And so that's not necessarily... That's not something necessarily that's going to be sustainable, I don't think. But the shooting should be there. The shooting should be fine, especially going back to Dallas, where I expect them to play very, very well um, shooting the basketball from the field. I mean, and on top of that, they're just playing with such confidence right now that how do they not? How do they like I would be extremely surprised if they get back to Dallas and they kind of fall into this slump, because again, they were around 18th on the season um, shooting the basketball. And right now they're clearly top five, if not the top shooting team in the playoffs. As we speak, I don't have the numbers to suggest that, but just from the eye test alone, they're not missing a lot of shots and they're shooting over 50% from three, which is amazing um, for any team yet alone for, for these guys. So, with that being said, I think, so here's my thing. Luka and LeBron, again, like I said, are the only two guys that can, that can absolutely dictate pace, pace in a playoff game, yet alone throughout a season. They can, you can't speed them up. They can see the entire floor. And for the Mavericks, not only is Luka a dominant scorer, but he's an elite table setter for the offense. And when you have a guy like that who can direct traffic at the level Luka can while also getting his own shot, it is extremely difficult to beat a team that can do that. Just bottom line, it's extremely difficult to beat a team that can do that. And so you go into a game like this, they put everyone on Luka. Like I said, Kawhi tried him, it didn't work. Paul George tried him, it didn't work. Uh, Marcus Morris tried him, did not work. Patrick Beverly, we know for sure, did not work. I don't even know why that is even an op. I don't even know why that's even an option for them. Just get him off of him, and <laughs> it's so funny because he's fouling up a storm. As soon as they call the whistle, he runs right over to the ref to explain his case, 
It's like we see that you can't guard him, so it doesn't matter what you're trying to say. And not only that, Luka is barking at any and every defender that comes his way. It's almost as if he had this circled. If, in fact, they met again, this is what he was going to do. And with this narrative, true or not, that the that the the Clippers were trying to avoid the Lakers and were very comfortable with facing the Mavericks, it's almost as if this team looks hungry to prove a point. And sometimes, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. So with that being said, one of the things that makes Dallas so successful right now is when they do get Zubak off the floor, they now have no rim protection. And Dallas has been able to get to the basket, get the open opportunities that they want because there's no resistance when they get to the rim, especially for Luka. That is especially true for him. Then there were opportunities throughout the game where they tried to go small against against Dallas. Rick Carlisle countered that, went big against them. I want to say Dwight Powell and Porzingis played together, which made their lineup extremely big. They couldn't do anything with that. Then um, Ty Lue had to go back to the drawing board, put his starters back in, put guys, put bigger, put more size into the game because they were taking advantage of that as well. Again, Luke is a 6'7", 6'8", point guard. You can't do anything with him. You got Tim Hardaway. He's 6'6". Dorian Finney-Smith is 6'7", 6'8". Then you got, if you don't bring, got him, you bring in Josh Richardson, who's 6'5". They just have a lot of size that they can throw at you that can make plays. And again, it can't be, I can't stress this or emphasize this enough, how well the supporting cast is playing right now. I mean, like I say, Tim Hardaway Jr. shooting over 60% from three. And we're it's only a two-game sample size. But again, like I spoke on with the initial podcast coming into the postseason, Tim Hardaway was already on fire coming into the playoffs. Jalen Brunson went cold, but he started to warm up. Josh Richardson was starting to warm up. Now, Josh Richardson only had nine points last night, but his fourth quarter was huge. Made all of his free throws. Had three assists, one steal, and he ended up playing for Dorian Finney-Smith, who wasn't having the greatest of games um, shooting the ball. But it, they were able to bring Josh Richardson in, and his offense was sustainable in the fourth quarter and kept them at a steady pace. And so the fact that they were able to do that just really, really helps them with everything they're trying to do. And the shooting, again, they're just shooting outstanding. They're like they're at 148 um for every 100 possessions. And so playing at a rate like that with an, with your offensive rating being at where it is, it is going to be extremely difficult for the Clippers to slow them down. The the Clippers will have I I don't know what the definitive answer is, but I would say instead of making it a situation where they're really relying on individual talent, I think they will have to muck the game up a little bit in the sense that scoring they have to make this a lower scoring game and grind it out because I know they want Kawhi Leonard to score a lot but he has to literally turn into a defender in this series Paul George has to literally turn into a defender this series if they want to if they want to get back in the running and make this a competitive series because right now Kawhi's not defending Luka full-time Neither is Paul George, and those are your two best defenders. It's They literally have to take on this assignment and sacrifice some of their offensive firepower just to slow him down. 
because right now nothing that they're doing is working and when they play him one-on-one it's weird because they're not getting any they're not getting a lot of help when he's driving or going to the basket and that's for him or any other person they're not helping off a lot and not only that I mean and obviously with them shooting so well it makes it very that's a very tough decision to make but if Luca's going crazy it just ignites the team it puts a different energy in their back and it's like it, it's no different than any other team I mean if LeBron is scoring scoring points those points are more impactful and they're felt more than a KCP scoring it's just the fact that it matter when your stars are playing at a high level and producing at a high level it's going to permeate throughout the team and so you have to make the decision to, to actually stop this guy but to this point they've nothing they've done has worked absolutely nothing and if they can't play Zubak in this series it's going to really get interesting because he's the one rim protector that they have Serge Ibaka they they tried him for minutes and spells at a time I don't I don't think he has his win back I don't think he has his mobility all the way back coming back from a back injury he just doesn't look right and so that means that they're really in trouble because you really don't have any resistance at the rim as soon as he gets past your first line of defense he's finding guys all over the floor I mean all over the floor it's just it's amazing to watch because he's been in such control this entire series that nothing has worked literally nothing they've thrown at him has worked out for the Clippers now Dallas does have they did defend better in the second half they only gave up 19 points in the third quarter which was great that was a great tone setter coming out of the halftime because at halftime both teams had scored over 70 points and you just can't have that um Kawhi Leonard was he literally did anything he wanted to do and overall for the game overall for the game both teams I mean um Kawhi Leonard and Paul George combined for about 69 points. That's a heavy, heavy workload and a lot of production from two guys. And on on a normal basis, that would be enough to get the job done. But it was not in this game. It really was not. And to go back to how they're defending Luka, I mean, first game, Zubak started out, they started out with him um, guarding Dorian Finney-Smith and in game two I noticed that they changed it up and it looks like he was guarding Maxi to start the game and they went at it right right away right away they went to him and pick and roll and Maxi's a guy who can pick and pop and he can pick and roll equally and it just caused a lot of problems I mean a lot of problems Tim Hardaway even went at him um in pick and roll I mean in the pick and roll it was just really easy for Dallas to get what they wanted and and in the first quarter Tim Hardaway and, and Maxi Kleber were a big part of what they were doing they they combined for I want to say they only missed one shot between those two guys I need to look that up but I think they only missed one shot between both of those guys and it was a very good start to a team because on the road you want your you want your supporting cast to have good games and get off the good start get their confidence going because that will just cruise throughout the game and help you um, in the grand scheme of things because if they're not playing well that puts so much onus on your superstars to play well but they also got a solid game for Porzingis a guy who I said he was a plus 10 in this game I said the first game was rust because he hadn't played in a while but he was 8 of 12 from the field he had 20 points four rebounds three steals two blocks Third quarter was huge. He played really good defense, or I should say much better defense than he was in the first half. 
I still think he's trying to get his legs under him. Um, and hopefully that'll come because, I, like I say, if you can get good or bad games and get a win, that that's even better because he's just going to be better the more the more opportunity he gets out there. He was also three or four from the three point line, hit a huge three on the trail, um, trailing and and knocked down about a thirty two footer. I mean, that's just something that he gives you. And they tried they tried Kawhi on him, and the whole time Kawhi was guarding because that's part of their assignment. Luca's going crazy, but then when they put Kawhi on Luca, then they start utilizing Porzingis, and he's just shooting right over guys. He's getting the opportunities he wants. Zubak isn't going to come all the way out to the three where Porzingis is, so it's an easy shot for him. So that was that was causing even more problems as well. And a lot of this just comes back to the fact that Zubak was a big part of what they did in the regular season last year in the postseason, and this year Luca along with the rest of the Mavs, are just eliminating him from the equation. They're just eliminating him from the equation. And if he can't play, it's just going to be it's gonna be a, a really tough time for them to really do what they want to do defensively. But again, like I said, if they want this to be a competitive series, someone's going to have to take on the responsibility. It's going to have to be Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. But as this being a Mavericks podcast, I don't want to give them too much strategy or pretend like I know what the magic elixir is because the bottom line is Luca is a tough cover for anyone. So, um, so moving along, I want to give a little bit of a shout out to Willie Colley Stein as well. He was he has played really well in this series. He's probably been their best big defensively because of his speed and athleticism. He can get out the shooters. He can help defend the paint. He was a minus three in this game, but I just really loved his energy and activity. That's it. An ability to keep guys in front, to contain, not blow an assignment, and just play solid basketball. It's not anything that's going to be eye-popping in the box score, but if you're watching the game, you can just tell that with him on the floor, defensively, he's been a really big help for them. And so I love to see the supporting cast thriving because, again, this team has been through so much this year with so many guys being in and out of the lineup, in and out of basketball overall, that to have... For them to have all hands on deck now and have guys playing, playing, starring in their role, that's all you can ask for at, the, at, a, at a moment like this, is for guys to just star in their role. And that's exactly what the Mavericks are doing. Everyone's clicking on, on um, all cylinders. Everyone's contributing in a positive fashion. And again, there's not a lot of margin for error. Can the shoot, is the shooting sustainable? I don't know. But what I do know is, the way they're attacking the Clippers is sustainable. And if you can continue to attack the way they are, they will get favorable opportunities, favorable looks, and, and, and a lot of opportunity to just make plays no matter who's in the game. Because you have everyone playing with confidence. You have everyone playing at a high level, understanding what they want to do. And Rick Carlisle is really doing a phenomenal job exposing every move that Ty Lue is doing and making sure that he has a counter for anything that he that he does. Because again, like I said, when he went small, Carlisle went big. As soon as they tried to put um, Zubak on Kleba, <clears throat> they put they brought Kleba out, put Zubak in the pick and roll, hunted him down, hunted down, uh, hunt, hunted down Patrick Beverly every opportunity they got. As soon as they put Kawhi on Luca, they threw it into Porzingis and let him go to work. Um, and I just think at some point. Porzingis will get his legs on him and he'll make some of those shots that look like, uh, like I know he can make that, but right now he's just, he's 
just a he's in a little bit of a hurry, a little bit of a hurry more so than usual. But he'll 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 come around, and especially being back in Dallas, these guys should be very very um, hyped to play in front of their fans. They did not get the luxury of doing that last season, and this would be Luca's first time being able to play in front of that Dallas crowd in a playoff game, which I'm sure they will be ready to see the Mavericks. And they, I don't, I think the attendance will be over 10,000. If I'm not mistaken, um, it'll certainly be more than the, the Clippers had in their arena. So that should be fun to see. And I'm excited because I had, I want to say on record, which I've already said, I had the Mavericks losing in seven, not because, because again, this was my basketball hat, not my heart in my heart. I'm rooting like hell for the Mavericks to win this series. I just thought that the Clippers would be a little much in this series for what the Mavericks could do, considering how the how the regular season went and having two top flight studs to to actually dictate a playoff game. But Luke is the one doing a lot of the dictating in this series with the way he's able to set the table. It's not necessarily about the scoring. The scoring is going to be there. Patrick, um, sorry, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to score the basketball. That's a given. Where the where the difference come in is Luca's able to set the tempo of the game and dictate traffic and t- and set the table in a half court setting to get all the looks that they want to get, and that's an underrated skill, or I don't want to say an underrated skill, but a very rare skill that maybe a lot of people don't understand when it comes to playoff basketball. That is very important, which is probably why the Clippers are going to have to play more Rajon Rondo because even though he's not an elite table setter, he's a very good guy who can direct traffic in a playoff game, understanding what to go to time, um, time. And then in terms of pace and where they are, where they're at currently in the, in a moment of a basketball game, that's something that Luca is always in tune with and knows what to get to and is making the Clippers pay almost every time that he gets a chance or not every time he gets a chance, but most times when he has the balls in, ball in his hand, he is making a play that is very, very beneficial for the Mavericks. So we'll see what happens. But again, they play on Friday. Can't wait for this game. This is the most fun series. It's the most fascinating series because of the way Luka is just dominating the Clippers with his ability to read the floor, facilitating score. So thank you guys for listening. Again, please subscribe and download the podcast on all streaming platforms. My name is Lawrence Brooks. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at LBSaidit. That's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. And at HoopBallMavs. Please follow us. Um, let us know how you feel. I'll definitely be live tweeting the games. And I will be locked in for the game on Friday. You guys have a safe day. Talk to you guys soon. Go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.